Hi, everybody. Welcome back on into Buff Nagel, the podcast. I'm Zach. Today, I'm joined by Rafe. Rafe, how are you? Zach, I am fantastic. Um, what a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it is Sunday we're recording this. Uh, we're recording this on the 13th of September. Um, I'm in Minneapolis. Rafe, you're in Nashville this weekend, I believe. South, yeah, South it's of the Nashville first weekend in- of football. Yes, it is first weekend of football, um, unless you've been following some other, you know, it's interesting. The high schools have been, uh, our local high school has played three or four games now, I think. And um, I has one game in the in the books a- after this weekend. And um, it's, uh, it's a great day here in Nolensville, Tennessee. There we go. That's, that's great to hear. Um, so just a reminder for all our listeners, thank you for tuning on in. Um, if you ever need to find us or contact us, you can email us at buffnagel at buffnagel.com. Um, we have a Twitter feed and we're working on that Instagram page as well. So be on the lookout for those type of things in the future. Um, but yeah, we got a great show today. We, we only got two topics. We got a bunch of listener questions. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, Rafe, you any good stories from this last week you want to share before we get started? So at, at, at this point, I, I'm going to um, dive into the, the first topic. Uh, includes some uh, it's driven by some stories and um, we're going to be talking about um, about time zones which is all right yeah I mean yeah so Rafe I mean I I would like to say probably once a month you text me about something with someone referring to central time as central standard time or central daylight's time I have no idea what the difference between the two is fun fact I just go whatever the clock says and I show up at that time but you're a lot more uh, nuanced about it. So how about you uh, get started and explain some history on us? Yeah, that's thanks. Zach. That's a, um, you're, you're right. I, I, I rail and rant on, um, on time zone stuff very often. And um, basically because it causes confusion and, and it doesn't have to, I think. Um, I, I, let me, let me do a little, a little time zone um, history and um and where we are now, and a little bit of advice on the way to do time zones when you send an email to your colleagues around the world. Um, recently, I had a a, um, a friend contact me, and he said that he was uh, setting up interviews with people. He, he's in he's in the Central Time Zone in Chicago, and he is uh, he was doing interviews with people who were actually in uh, in the EU, in Europe, and the uh, the administrative assistant that works with him had scheduled some interviews and told people that the interview would be at uh, some cl- sometime, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. So the people signed in at 10 o'clock Central Standard Time and they were exactly one hour late because although they were on Central Standard Time or they were following Central Standard Time in Europe, the, uh, the guy in Chicago in summertime, he was on Central Daylight Time. So these things, these things matter and they impact all sorts of things. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, the, the first thing to realize, is, and I was reading. So, so, hey, hey, so before but, yeah. you get going here, you mentioned he was he scheduled the interviews for standard time when, in fact, he was on daylight time. So were the people actually, in fact, late? Uh, they the people were did exactly as they were instructed. Right? And so, so it's is, not their fault. It's really not their fault. You're right. It, it was the fault. Uh, unfortunately, it was the fault of the administrative assistant who was, uh, I guess the right word is cavalier with with the uh, with the use of the terminology central standard time. Um, 
Central Standard Time has a precise meaning. It doesn't mean what most of the people are doing right now in the Midwest. That's not what Central Standard Time means. Eastern Standard Time doesn't mean what's typically going on here in the East Coast, okay? Pacific Standard Time is not what's mostly happening in Los Angeles. It has a specific meaning, right? And, and in order to get there, you have to understand a couple of things about how the planet goes around the sun, right? And how fast it does that. Very what fast. It, is. Yeah, it goes faster than I can run. Um, so the first thing to realize is before the invention of the steam locomotive, pretty much nothing on the planet traveled faster than a horse. The fastest you could go was a horse. Now, granted, I guess there were some falcons that were diving at very rapid. Well, I'm pretty sure cheetah is faster than a horse, but you can't really right. ride. And, and on occasion, a cheetah would would be faster than a horse. But any sort of distance travel um, was was the fastest you could go was a horse. And what happened is is people had local what was called local time. All right, the guy in town who owned the watch and set the clock in the tower. Um, this guy, he was, he was the only guy who probably went to college, and he, he set the clock. And when the clock, the bells rang in the morning to say your prayers, they rang at noon to say your prayers, they rang at night to say your prayers, and that's how your day went. And occasionally, if you had to go on horseback somewhere else, by the time you got there, it didn't, you couldn't go far enough, fast enough for it to make any difference if you were on local time, local solar time in one place or the other, okay? Now, when people started going faster and farther, uh, longitude mattered. Okay, the, the issue is that when the sun comes up in in Chicago, it's already been up for several hours in London. And if you're going to start talking across those lines, then that matters. Okay, each degree of longitude across the planet is about four minutes of time. Right? So if you are hmm. say ten degrees farther west than I am, that's going to be about or it's going to take forty minutes for the sun to get there. All right, so your local time will be behind my local time, okay? So turns out when the train started going, they started going pretty fast. They were doing 50, 60 miles an hour. That was very fast relative to the other people. And if you leave, you know, it sounds like an algebra problem. You leave New York at a certain time, you arrive in Philadelphia at a certain time, and then you get to Chicago. What time is it when you get there? And the answer is, well, it depends on whose watch you're looking at. Right? So the <laughs> railways... Came up with so, joke. so math is a joke is what I'm hearing. Math, math, you know, all those things are riddles, um, and they just they just require you to, to figure out how to solve them. All right, each railroad had its own railroad time. All right, and that was based upon the time at the main station. It, it, it got pretty complicated. Okay, and to make it even more complicated, if, if you tried to measure it relative to a prime meridian, all right, because it all do, has to do with longitude. Every country had its own meridian that it thought was important. Okay, so like in France, they they drew a meridian through Paris. In Germany, they had one going through Berlin. In Italy, it went through Rome. In the U.S., well, we but have Paris is the center of the world, so that makes you know it a, is the, you know. And this is this is a there's an interesting story on this. You know, I, I have a map here hanging right above, or right outside my desk here, and and it's um it it represents longitude both relative to to Greenwich, England, and relative to Washington, D.C. On one axis, it says degrees longitude west of Washington, and the other one says degrees longitude west of, of Greenwich. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because 
people figured out when start, people started going really, really fast and sending signals long distances through these wires that they dropped across the Atlantic, people wanted to know what time is it, okay? So the idea was to come up with a prime meridian where we would define the time. And long story short is that ended up being in Greenwich, England. And I had to look this one up today. I wasn't sure how to pronounce Greenwich. Right? It's not Greenwich. It's either Greenwich or Greenwich. Greenwich or Greenwich, right? There's lots of different ways to say it, but don't take Greenwich, okay? Greenwich. So what happens is the, the countries got together and they said, we're going to have a prime meridian. It's going to go through Greenwich. And that's another story for another day. And what we're going to do is we're going to find there's going to be a time there. It's going to be Greenwich mean time is what they started off with, GMT. Some people still use the term GMT, although that's subtly different than what the, the current standard, which is UTC, which is Coordinated Universal Time. And it's coordinated universal time, but it's not C-U-T. It's U-T-C, which is, has to do with like saying it in French or yeah. something. Okay, so it's always about the French. That's where it comes well, back. You know, you know, it is interesting that in the Olympics we say we say things in you know you announce the winners in English and then you announce it in French because because it's French. It sounds nice, all right. That's that you know you got to give the French credit for that. Um, it is beautiful to hear okay. and. Uh, if you want to talk French, we'll, we'll do the podcast sometime in French, Zach, and see how that goes. Turn right. I got it. Nailed it. Turn right. Uh, it, yeah, you guys don't know this. Zach programmed his GPS in his car to speak in French. And the only thing we know is uh, tourne à droite. And, um, tourne à droite. I know how they go left and right. La gauche? La gauche? La gauche? I don't speak French. Anyway, so we won't do the podcast in French. So the idea is that's that's called Zulu time. That's zero time, right? Every time zone is an area of land that measures its time relative to what's happening at Greenwich, okay? Which is Zulu time or Z or zero, okay? So that's where that comes from, okay? So for example, Eastern Standard Time is five hours behind UTC. So sometimes they will write UTC minus five, right? So that means whatever time it is in Greenwich, Eastern Standard Time is five hours behind that. So if it's noon in Greenwich, it's 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Okay? But what about Central Daylight Savings Time? Well, we'll get there. Okay, so Central Time is six hours. Mountain Time is seven hours. And Pacific Time is eight hours. But in the summer, people figured out that, that, that people will go spend more money on things like ice cream after dinner if the sun is still up for a while. So in the summer, we go to a thing called daylight saving time or sometimes daylight savings time, sometimes summer time. Right? But what we do is we move our clocks one hour ahead. So in Eastern time zone, we move from Eastern standard time to Eastern daylight time. They go from five hours behind UTC to four hours behind UTC. Central goes from five from six to five. Mountain goes from seven to six, and Pacific goes from eight to seven. Okay? So what you notice immediately then is if you are in Central Daylight Time, that's identical to Eastern Standard Time because they're both five hours off of UTC. Yeah, okay? and this gets all really confusing because people are like, so, well, just, so yeah, in other words, it's that we've created this thing where we have to do more work by having a um uh different um con not connotation d d d uh 
a different thing that you add on the end when we don't really need it when we just need central time and if you're in eastern time and someone says central time you just add an hour so generally what we should talk about when you're talking right? to your friend and and yeah if you're not certain if you're on standard or on daylight or which one you're doing i'm not just 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 leave that out okay say yep. central or say eastern time or say pacific time or say the time where you are whatever it is okay and then do that if yep. you specify daylight or you specify standard and you didn't mean to then that's where the problems come in and what happened is the the administrative assistant for my friend specified central standard time and those poor guys over there in Europe were like, okay, central standard. They looked it up on the chart is six hours off from UTC. I'm on central European summertime or whatever it was. So therefore I'm two hours ahead. So it's going to be eight hour shift. And they did that and they did it right. right. But the admin specified the wrong thing. So what she should have said is she should have said it will be at whatever time, central time. Just leave the standard and the daylight thing out. And then people can ask and make the adjustments as they need it. So. The important thing to recognize, if, if if you know for sure, if you're on daylight or standard, if you want to do that, great. Otherwise, just leave the middle digit out and call it Eastern time or Pacific time or mountain time or central time and let the computers take care of that stuff for you. That's, I assume, Zach, that's, that's why we have computers. That, well, that's one reason. Is computers should make your life easier. So remember, the word standard doesn't mean that's what everybody's doing. Standard means that's what we are doing unless we go to daylight. Now, yep. some places like Arizona, they don't go to daylight time. Okay. They are on mountain standard year round. Right. So then when Pacific goes an hour early, Pacific lines up with Arizona in the summer. Denver lines up with Arizona in the winter. Right. Because, the, because Arizona doesn't go to, um, doesn't go to daylight time. So we can, you know, we could spend <laughs> hours talking about time if you like right, there's good. a number of great stories about I, I do want to come back sometime zach about why the prime meridian is in greenwich and why it's not in paris oh, i know you would but i'm going to uh, i'm going to skip that for right now because i think um we're going to do another thing um anyway well i question and send us a note yeah i think um well moving on past from time which is its own thing on the food which is significantly more fun and the age-old question of is cheesecake a cake or a pie, um, we discussed this. I'm pretty sure I send this in a group text about once a month. Usually when you send the thing about time, I send the thing about cheesecake um, just to keep it significantly more fun. Um, but the way we classify food is the way, same way we could classify animals and species and the taxonomy of um, animals. So the, word, the, word the, was, was tax, the word is taxonomy. taxonomy. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, you said taxonomy. Yeah, taxonomy. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so it, so there is a tax. You're going to reveal a taxonomy of food that you found. Is that that? That's yeah. Where we're going. So, um, floating through the internet because the internet is great and wonderful is this thing called the cube rule of food. Um, you can Google this and read about it yourself. But um, the underlying principle is you identify dishes foods, um, salads, soups, bread bowls, stuff like that by the, by starch. the, by the starch location of the food. So, um, the bread, the 
the crust of a cake or a pie, the bread bowl of a um, of a bread bowl um, for salads. Um, the way that sushi is folded with the rice or the seaweed or anything, all of those things together. Or if there is no starch, um, you get the simple answer of salad, which means that ice cream is a salad. Wait, wait, wait. Therefore, let me, let me go healthy. Sure I got. This. I got to make sure I, I know this. So. So what I'm going to do is I you give me a food, yeah. I give you a food, and you look at the location of how the starch is integrated into the final presentation of the food, right? So we'll start we'll start simple, um, and we'll go it's with just, uh, peanut butter toast. Peanut butter toast. So I have bread that has been toasted, yep. and I put yep. peanut butter on the top of it. Yep. Okay. So, and, and that is considered what. That that's just standard toast. Um, there are also toast is any wait wait toast, so toast is anything that has starch on the bottom. Starch on the bottom. So a pizza, a, well, a, a a flat New York style pizza where you have your crust flat and then you have your cheese and your sauce and your toppings on that next layer up. Very similar to how you have peanut butter toast is also a toast. So therefore, you so can have flat, pizza flat bread, for breakfast and then that's your toast. Flatbread pizza is is essentially toast yep. in this category. So yep. so if, if you look this up on the interweb, you'll see that um, it has a, a cube, all right, and then the cube has different planes or uh, faces of it yeah. shaded, right? So if the if there's if the bottom face of the cube is shaded, that's yep. that's toast because the starch is on the bottom. Yeah. So if I put starch on the bottom and starch on the top. Uh, I think that's a sandwich. That would be a, okay. That would be so. Anything starts on the bottom, starts on the top. Is, does it have to be the same starch, or it's just like any starch? I think we, we can go any starch. Okay. So right. you know, and then you know, and then there, there's the always the interesting debate we have of is the hot dog a sandwich or not a sandwich? Okay. Um, the hot dog okay, is so, an American taco. Okay. Yeah. So in the picture, if it has. The bottom face and both side faces are starch. The front and the back and the top are open, or not yep. starch. And it's a taco. So I yeah. So obviously, hot dog is a taco in this taxonomy. Yeah. Right. And then if I if I do the same thing, but I cover the top with starch, so I got starch on the top and the bottom and the sides, but not the front and the back. Yeah, there's kind of like sushi. a hole in the middle. That's sushi. And Americans are really good at taking other people's food and Americanizing it. And, you know, a pig in a blanket is American sushi. Right, right. And so today, on my way to the hardware store, I stopped and I got, um, I think it's called a tornado. It's at Twice Daily. It's a tornado. It's a whirlwind of flavor. But essentially, it's, um, it's, a, it's a starch rolled up around some other stuff. I actually got the cheese and pepperoni tornado, which is kind of like a pizza. Nice. But it's rolled up like the sushi, so that makes it a sushi. So let me, right. let me go back and hear this, this pizza idea. So I know our friends, like, okay, so a flatbread pizza is obviously toast. But yep. if I have, but if I make a deep dish pizza, I have starch on the bottom and all of the sides. I think that's called a quiche, isn't it? I think that is a quiche. All right, so regular also, pizza is toast, right? Yep. All right. And then deep dish pizza is quiche. What about that Chicago pizza? I think Chicago pizza is a deep dish pizza. 
Okay. It, it also it, has it, crust on the top. Peach. It does not have crust on the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they do. They, 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 they put crust on the bottom and the top and all the way around. Oh, according to the picture, that's a calzone. Oh, no, no. That, that, okay. That is a, yeah, but they don't put a, a layer of crust on the top of a deep dish pizza. Uh, I think that's what they do in Chicago. I think we think Chicago deep dish pizza, and we are thinking of different things. Oh, all right. Well, are you, there goes the interweb right there. The Google eyes. Yeah, right there. I, I think this, this is its own type of, I mean, this Google image I have right here looks like it's a quiche. I, I, I mean, but if that. you would put another um, thing over the top there, we got a calzone and, you know, we're just, you know, hanging out. But you yeah, know what? I, I also going back to that quiche, I think, you know, we got some the cheesecake family might be like, you know what? We're a quiche. We don't need your pie. We don't need your cake. We're, we're a quiche. They're their own thing. Wait, so let me, let me, let me hit that a second. So pie then, because it has the crust on the bottom and on the top and on the sides, then the yep. pie is actually a calzone. A apple pie is a calzone, but like yeah. you make pumpkin pie is a quiche. Yeah. Um, or if you make a, I know you can make cheesecakes with uh, only that that flat level of that that singular toast level, and then you have your cheesecake as toast. Okay, so I got to so ask. So cheesecake is like everything. Uh, cheesecake can be is well, see, it's kind of like the um, it's like the platypus of food, right? I mean, you're not sure if it should be a mammal, but it lays eggs, and it just is complicated. There. Okay, let me ask you this question: If I take like used to have this stuff when I was a kid in high school and it was like um mashed potatoes with with uh turkey chunks and gravy all right and it was served in a bowl so that's obviously toast because the starch is on the bottom and the stuff is on the top but if I take that and I stir it up into like a glob of stuff and yep. the starch intermix see that's not on here okay the cube rule of food identification doesn't identify it if if it's all mixed in if the starch is is integrated as a whole with the other thing. Is that is that a are we outside of this this taxonomy? I think, I think the, the taxonomy then breaks down and degenerates into something else, or we don't know what it is, so we're just going to call it a salad and we'll deal with it later. And you can say that you're healthy by having a salad. Well, if I just have a steak tonight with no starch, that's a salad. Yeah, and or if you even have starch and the starch isn't underneath your steak, that's a salad. Or when I when we're done recording this and I go over and I get some ice cream, you know what I'm having? A salad. Having a salad. Yeah, yeah, it's a salad. All right, I got you, Zach. Yeah, but I got you know you. I can talk about me being healthy and eating salads all day long, but I, I can't. We got a great listener question this week, Rafe. Yep. Um, you applied to NASA. I, I did apply to NASA. Some people and know that story. You know, why are you not up at the International Space Station right now? Uh, I have to say that I was, it, it's an interesting question because when I was in college, actually, I contemplated this idea of how do I become an astronaut? And because uh, who doesn't want to be an astronaut? And it's one thing to think it and drink Tang. It's another thing to try to figure out how to how to get into the queue. Um, and it's actually reasonably difficult to actually to to get, to even get evaluated. What you have to do is you have to have like you have to have a fancy degree in a sciencey kind of thing, and then you have to like be I don't you have to like know stuff, and you have to be in fairly good physical condition, and and that's you. 
Well, see, it is me. And I saw that recently. I think it was 2016, 2017, maybe, maybe 2018. And what I did is I, I filled out the application and the application is, is highly onerous. You have to, first of all, it's a U.S. government application. So you have to set up, a, you apply online for, as you would for any government job, which is really kind of funny. Um, so I had to set up a, an account with the Department of whatever NASA is in and, and, and make an account, yeah, the space department. And uh, so I filled it out and you have to send in your transcripts to find my transcripts from college and from grad school and get them uh, all in the proper format and send them in. And what's interesting to me is I actually, um, a lot of people apply, not everybody applies correctly, right? And a lot of people get bounced out early because they, the, the process online is not obvious on how to do it. And, but I, I will have you know, although I did not get chosen to be an astronaut candidate, was actually considered, right? Which means that my application was reviewed by somebody before they said, no way are we taking this guy. <laughs> so so it, it's one thing to apply. It's another thing to apply correctly. So I got past the hurdle of actually applying correctly. And then a while later, I got the rejection notice. And then about a year later or two years later, I got an email from the USA Jobs thing. It was like, your your portal hasn't had any action in uh, in a year or two. Do you want to keep it open? And I was like, you know what? That's um, that time has flown. Um, right. But I do taunt Zach. I taunt your brother about this regularly, and um, because he would like to be Johnny NASA boy, but he's um, space commander. Yeah, he would be a better space commander than I am. But um, hey, got to fill out the application. So that's the answer to the listener question. That was my NASA right. story. And, um, well, we have plenty more yeah. listener questions we can get to at later weeks, but that's going to be it for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you need to reach us, um, like we said earlier, buffnagel at buffnagel.com, or you can always uh, you know, find us on the Twitter machine um, at buffnagel. Um, Ray, if you got any other news you want to share? No, no real news. I just want to uh, thank everybody for listening in. We, um, we, would, uh, we, are, we are shills for cash. So if you have a uh, small business you would like us to um, to promote, um, you give us some ad copy and we'll read it as long as it's not um, immoral or illegal, then um, then we'll do it. So uh, send us send us uh, your information. We'll be in touch. You can actually talk to us live on that phone thing and we'll discuss it. So otherwise, hey, have a great buff nagel buff nagel day, everybody, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See you soon.